Ghostman Horror Host here, where angels come in. One side of my body is full of toothache, right in the middle of the bones. The skin and muscles of one arm and one leg have chilly pins and needles tingle. They never be warm again. That's why Nana Anis is here, sitting on the chair at the foot of my door bed, her crumbled face in a shadow, but the milky light that comes through her neck curtain still finds a sparkle in quick eyes and gleams on the yellow's grin that hasn't changed since my mother let her into the house, made her a cup of tea and showed her into my room. Nana Alice smells like inside of overfire pipes at the back of a council house. These you should still get one half, she says. She has a metal brace on her thin leg. A foot at the end of the capella is inside a baby's shoe. Even though it's rude, I don't can't stop staring. Her normal leg is fat. They took my leg and my arm too. Using her normal fingers, she picks a dead hand from her pocket in a cardigan and plops it into her lap. Small and grey, the hand reminds me of a doll's head. I don't look for long. She leans forward in a chair. I can smell the tea on my, her breath. As she says, show me where you was touched, love. I unbuttoned my jama top. I rolled onto my good side. A sight of the scar. None and I waste no time and a pretty fingertip presses around the shriveled skin at the top of my arm. She hasn't, didn't touch the see-through parts where the hand once held me. Nana Alice, her eyes grew big and her lips pulled back to show gums more black than purple. Against her thigh, her dull hand shakes, cradling the tiny hand, rubbing it with lively fingers. She coughs and sits back into the chair. When I covered my covered my shoulder. Nana Alice still watches the part of me without blinking and seems disappointed to see it covered so soon. She wets her lips. Tell us about what happened, love. Propping myself into, up in the pillows, I sneer, peer out to the window and swallow the big lump in my throat. Feeling a bit sickish, I don't want to remember what happened, but not ever. Across the street, inside the spiky metal fence built Around the park, I can see the uh, usual circle of mothers huddled into their coats and sitting on benches. In besides, push chairs are holding leaves of tugging dogs that watch the children play. Upon the climbing frames, on the wet grass, the kids race about and shriek and laughter and fall and cry. Wrapped in scarves and padded coats, they swarm along hungry among hungry pigeons and seagulls, thousands of small white and grey shapes pecking around their stamping feet. Eventually the birds all panic and rise in a curving squadron, rising their plump bodies into the air with flat cracking wings, and the children are blind with their own fear excitement in brief tornadoes of dusty feathers, red feet, cool beaks and startled eyes. But they... But they are safe here, the children and the birds, closely watched by their tense mothers. They are kept inside the stockade of royal iron railings, the only place outdoors the children are allowed to play. Since I came back alone, a lot of things go missing in our town. 
cats, dogs, children. They never came back, except for me and Anna Annis. We came home, or at least half of us did. Lying in my sick bed every day now, so pale in the face, a weak in the heart, I drink medicines, read books, and watch the children play from my bedroom window. Sometimes I sleep, but only when I have to. At least when I'm awake, I can read, I watch television, I listen to my mum and sisters downstairs. But in my in but in dreams, I go back to the white big white house on the hill, where old things are sk- skipping feet circle me and rushing close to show their faces. But then Alice, she thinks that the, at the time she went inside a big white palace as a little girl was a special occasion. She's still grateful for being allowed inside. My dad calls it her silly old, old fool and doesn't want her in our house. He doesn't know she's here today, but when a child vanishes or someone dies, lots of mothers ask Nana to visit them. She can see things and feel, feel things that the rest of us can't, my mamma says. Like the police, like two little police ladies and mothers, the two girls who went missing last winter, and pickering parents, my mum, just wants to know what happened to me. Tell us, love, tell us about the house, Nana Alice says, smiling. No adult likes to talk about a beautiful tall house on a hill. Even our dads who came home from the industry, smelling of plastic and beer, Look uncomfortable if their kids say they can hear the ladies crying again above their heads but deep inside their ears at the same time calling from the distance from the hill. And from inside us, our parents can't hear it anymore but they remember the sound from when they were small. It's the people who are trapped up on the hill are calling out for help. And when no one comes, they get real angry. Foxes, the parents tell us, but they don't look up you and I when they say it. For a long time after my incident I was unconscious in hospital when I woke up. I was so weak I stayed there for another three months. Gradually one half of my body got stronger. I was allowed home. That's when the questions began about my mate. Pickering, whom had never fa- whom they never found. And now Nana Alice wants to know every single thing that I can remember about all the dreams too. Only I never knew what was real and what came out of the coma with me. For years, we talked about going up there. All the kids do, and Pickering, Richie and me wanted to do, be the bravest boys in our school. We wanted to break in there and come out with treasure for proof we'd been inside and not looked in through the gate like all the others we knew. Some people say the White House on the Hill was once a place where old, rich people lived after they retired from owning the industry, the land, the laws, our houses, our town, us. Owners say the building was built on an old well. The ground is contaminated. A teacher told us the mansion used to be a hospital and still full of germs. Our dad said the house was an asylum for lunatics and closed down over a hundred years ago. And it stayed empty ever since because it's fallen into pieces and too expensive to repair. That's why kids should never go there. You should. You could be crushed by bricks and fall through a wood floor. None of Alice says it's a place where an angel goat can come in. But we all know that it's a place where the missing things are. Every street in our town has lost pets. None of pe- families have lost a child. Every time the children ser- please search the big house, they find nothing. No one remembers the big gate being open. 
on, on Friday morning when all the kids were in the, uh, our area were walking to school, me, Richie and Peggy sneaked off the other way. Through the allotments where me and Pickering once caught smashing daycares of peanbows, boom, peanbows, along through the woods full of broken glass and dog shit, over the canal bridge, across the potato fields, with our heads down so the farmer couldn't see us, uh, over the railway tracks until we could see, couldn't even see the roofs of the last house in our town. Talking about hidden treasure, we stopped by the old ice cream van with four flat tyres to throw rocks and stare at a faded menu on the little counter. Our mouths watering as we made selections that would never be served. On the other side of the woods that surrounded the estate, we could see the chimneys of the big white mansion above the trees. Although Pickering had been walking out front the whole time telling us he wasn't scared of security guards or watchdogs or even ghosts cuss as you can you just put your hand through them but when we reached the bottom of the wooden hill wooded hill no one said anything we never looked back at each other part of me always believed that he could we could turn back at the gate before it was a fun part of telling a story about the house and planning exposition imagining terrible things Coming inside was different because lots of missing kids had talked about the house before they disappeared and some of the young men who broke in there for a laugh always been a, a, came away a bit funny in the head. Our dad said that it was because of drugs. Even the trees near the state were different. It was, they were too still and silent and air between them was real cold. But we went through the trees and found a high brick wall that surrounds the rounds. It was barred wire and broken glass set in the concrete at the top of the wall. We followed the wall until we reached a black iron gate. The gate is higher than a house. It was curved top made from iron pinks. Spikes fixed on two pillars of big stone balls on the top. Seeing the private property trespassers will be prosecuted sign made shivers go up my neck and under their, my hair. I heard the bulls roll off and kill trespassers. Richie said, I heard the same thing. Richie said that I knew he wasn't going inside with us. He wrapped our hands around the black bars and gate and peered through, as though through a long flagstone path and goes up the hill between adventures. Avenues of trees and old statues hidden by branches and weeds. All the off-cut grass and lawns and wheat waist-deep and flower beds of wild with colour. At the summit was a hotel white house with big windows. Sunlight glinted off the glass. Above all the chimneys the sky was blue. Princess lived there, Pickering whispered. Can you see anyone, which he asked. He was shivering with excitement and had to take a pee. He tried to rush it. Over some nettles, we were fighting a war against nettles. And boss that summer, but got the half of the piss down his legs. It's empty, picking whispered, except the tin treasure that Darren's brother got in. Got the, this owl inside a big glass. I see. Looks like it's still alive. At night, it moves its head. Richie and I looked at each other. Everyone knows that the stories about the animals and birds inside the glass cages that people find up there. There's one about a lamb with no fur inside a tank of green water that somebody's uncle found when he was a boy. 
It blinks its little black eyes, and someone said they found skeletons of the children all dressed up in long clothes, holding hands. All rubbish, because I knew what was really inside there. Pickering had seen nothing, but if challenged, he, he would start yelling. Have so, have so, and me and Richie weren't happy with anything but were whispering near the gate. Just, let's just watch and see what happens. We can go another day, Richie said. We're tricking her out, Pickering, kicked at Richie's legs. I tell everyone, Richie pissed his pants. Richie's face was white and his bottom lip quivered. Like me, he was imagining crowds of swooping kids shouting, Piss pot, piss pot, piss pot. Well, as the crowds found a crowd, they hunted him down. Every day until he pushed to the edge of the playground where the failures of fuck swearing and watch. Every chick-hunt kid in town knows this place takes away brothers, sisters, cats and dogs. But when we hear cries from the hill, it's our duty to force one out there. It's a, it's a part of a town that's always been. Pickering is one of the toughest kids in school. He and he had to go. Standing back and sitting up, sizing up the gate, Pickering said, I'm going in first. Watch where I put my hands and feet. It didn't take him long to get over. It was a little wobble top where he swung a leg between two spikes. But not by far, he's standing on the other side, running at us. To me, it just looked like there was a small ladder. Like there was a small ladder into the gate where the metal vines and thorns curved behind long poles. You could see the pattern of steps for small hands and feet. I heard this little girl's always found a secret wooden door in a brick that no one else could have found when you look at it. There might have been another story. If I didn't go over and read it, if it, if it didn't go over and the raid was a, the raid was a success, I didn't want to spend the rest of my life being a piss pot and wishing I'd gone with Pickering. We could, we could be heroes together. I was top, I was full of some crazy feeling that made me climb oak trees to the very top branches, stare at the sky and let go of my hands of my few seconds knowing that if I fall I would die. When I climbed away from whispering Richie on the ground, the squeaks and groans of the gate were so loud that I was sure that I could hear all the way, could be heard all the way, up the hill inside the house too. When I got to the top, I was getting ready to swing a leg over. Pepperie said, don't cut your balls off, but I, but I couldn't smile or even breathe. It was much higher up then. It looked from the ground, my eyes and legs started to shake with one leg over. Between the spike, panic came to my throat. If one if my hand slipped off the wooden metal, I imagined my whole force forcing the spike through my thigh. And now I could would, how I would hang it dripping. I looked at the house and felt that there was a face behind every window watching me. Many of the stories about the weird place on the hill came in my head at the same time. Two, how you could see the red eyes of things that drains your blood. How it's kiddie fitters that hide in there, torture captives for days before burying them alive. It's why no one finds the missing children. And some say the thing that makes the crying noise make look like a beautiful woman when you see it. But it soon changes once you're holding it. Hurry up, it's easy, Pickering said, from the way down below. Even so slowly, I raised my left leg over and lowered myself down the other side. He was right. It wasn't a hard climb at all. Kids could do it. I stood in the hot sunshine. 
On the other side of the gate, smiling, the light was brighter than over there, glinting all the white hat, stone and glass of the wheel. And the air seemed weird, thick, real thick and warm. But they looked down through the gate, around which he seemed grey and dull, like it was November some or something. He stood on his own, biting the bottom lip around as overgrown grass was glossy. It hurt my eyes to look at it. Reds, yellows, orange, purples, oranges and lemons of the flowers flowed inside my head. I got a taste of hot summer inside my mouth. Around the trees, the statues and flagstone path, the air was wavy. My skin felt so warm that I shivered. Closing my eyes, I said, beautiful, a word that wouldn't usually... I, I wouldn't usually use around Pickering. This is where I want to live, he said, his eyes, a face, one big smile. We both stared at, started to laugh and hugged each other, which we'd never done before. Anything I I got ever got worried about seemed silly now. I felt taller and could go anywhere and do anything I liked. I knew Pickering felt the same, and anything which he said, said sounded stupid to us. I didn't remember it now. Protected by the overhanging tree branches and long grass, we kept to the side of the path, again walking up the hill. After a while, I st- started to feel a bit nervous. The house looked even bigger than I thought it was down by the gate, even though we could not, even though we could see no one, hear nothing. I felt like we had walked into a crowded but silent place where lots of eyes were watching us, following us. We stopped walking by the first chateau statue that wasn't covered in green moss and dead leaves. Through the low branches of the tree we could see the two stone children, naked and standing together in a marble block. One boy, one girl, they're both smiling, but not in a nice way, because we could see much of their teeth. They're all, op- they're all open on the chest, Pickery said. He's right, the stone skin was peeled back to the breastbone. A cupped in their overstretched hands with small lumps with veins carved in the mi- into the marble their own little hearts the good feeling i was down by the gate went sunlight shone through the trees and stripped us with with shadows and bright sashes eyes big and eyes mouths dry we walked on and checked some of our other statues we passed we couldn't stop ourselves it was like the scriptures sculptures made you stare at them so that you, you could work out what what was sickening through the leaves and branches and ivy is one horrible cloth thing that seemed too real to be made of with stone. His face was so nasty I couldn't look at it for long. Standing under the thing gave me a queer feeling. It was swaying side to side and ready to jump off the block and come at us. Pickering was walking ahead of me, but he stopped to look at another statue. I remember he seemed to shrink into the, a shadow in the figure that made on the ground. He peered at, at his shoe like he didn't want to see the statue. I caught up with him, and he didn't look too long either. Beside the statue of the ugly man, the cloak and big hat was a smaller shape, covered in a robe and hood with something coming into the sleeve that reminded me of snakes. I didn't want to go any further. I knew we were seeing these statues in my sleep for a long time. Looking down the hill at the gate, I was surprised to see how far I was now. Think I'm going back, I said to Pickering. Pickering never called me chicken. He didn't want to start a fight on his own. Let's just go into the house quick, he said. And get something, otherwise no one would believe us. I thought of getting any closer to the White House and 
The starting wind nose made me feel sick with nerves. It was four stories high. I must see hundreds of rooms. Must have had hundreds of rooms. All the windows upstairs are dark, so I couldn't see beyond the windows. Downstairs, where they all boarded up against trespassers. It's an empty, I bet, Pickering said, to try and make us feel better, but it didn't. Do you... It didn't do much for me. He didn't seem to be smart or hard anymore. He was just a stupid kid who hadn't got a clue. Nay, I said, we walked away from me. Well, I am, I say, we waited outside. His voice was too soft to carry the usual threat. But all the same, I imagined the triumphant face while Richie and I were piss-pots and I climbed the gate and came as far, but my part would mean nothing. Pickering went further than me. We never looked at any more of the statues. If we had, I don't think we'd have reached the steps that went up the big iron doors of the house. It didn't seem to take us long to reach the house either. Even taking slow, reluctant saints got to the real quick. On um, legs full of warm water, I followed, picking up to the doors. Why is this made of metal? He asked me. I know I had an answer. He pressed both hands against the doors. One of them creaked, but never opened. They're locked, he said. As Pickering shoved the creaky door again with his shoulder and his body at an angle, I was sure there were some movements in the window, a second floor, something whitish behind the glass. It was like a shape that appeared out of the darkness and sunk back into it, back but graceful. It made me think of a carp surfacing a cloudy pond before vanishing as soon as you saw it pale back. Pick, I hissed. It's a clunk inside the door, and Pickering was straining his body against. It's open, he cried out, and stared, stared into a narrow gap between the two iron doors. I can't remember thinking the door was open from inside. I wouldn't, he said. He smiled and waved it to me, come over, to help him make a big gap. I stayed where I was and watched the windows. Upstairs, the whining door made a grinding sound inside the door. About word pickering walked inside the big white house silence hummed in my ears sweat tickled down my face i wanted to run to the gate pickering's face reappeared in the doorway quick come and take a look at the birds he was breathless of excitement and then he disappeared again i peered through the gap of the big empty hallway i saw a staircase going up to the next floor Pickering was standing in the middle of the hall, looking at the ground. All in dyed up birds and wooden floorboards. Hundreds of pigeons I went inside. No carpets, no curtains, no light bulbs, just bare floorboards. White walls and two closed doors. On either side of the hall, on the door, most of the birds still have feathers but look real thin. Some were just bones, others were dust. They get in nothing to eat, Pickering said. We should collect the skulls. He crunched across the floor and tried the doors at either side of the hall, yanking the handles up and down. Locked, he said. Both locked. Let's go the, them up them stairs. See if there's anything in the rooms. I flinched at every creak of our feet on the stairs. I told Pickering to walk inside of me, like me. 
He wasn't listening. It wasn't. He was just going up fast on his pump legs. When I caught up with him the first time on the stairs, I started to feel strange again. The air was weird, hot and thin, like we were in a tiny space. We were both sweaty under the school uniforms too. Just walking up one flight of stairs, I had, leant, I had to lean against the wall. Pickering shone his torch at the next floor. We all could see up there were playing walls in a dusty corridor. A bit of sunlight was getting in from somewhere upstairs, but... Once, come on. Not much, come on, he said, without turning his head to look at me. I'm going outside, he said. I can't breathe. As he moved to go back the first flight of steps, I heard a door creak open and close below us. I stopped and still and heard my heart bang against my eardrums from inside. The sweat turned to frost on my face and neck under my hair. And a real quick and sideways, something moved across the shaft of light, fall, falling upon the open front door. My elbows went cold, I went dizzy. From the out corner of my eye, I could see Pecorine's face too, watching for me above uh, on the next sta- flight of staircase. He turned the torch off in a loud click. A thing in the hall moved again, back and way it came, but it paused at the edge of the rectangle of light and floorboards. It started to sniff at the dirty ground. It was mostly the way that she moved down there that made me feel as light as a feather and ready to faint. Lisa think it was a she, but when people get the, that old, you can't te- always tell. It isn't much hair on her head, and the skin was yellow. She looked like a puppet made of bones and dressed in grabby nighty an old lady and could old lady move that fast sideways like a crab she went looking forwards at the open door so I couldn't see the face properly which I was glad of it moved too quick I was sure she could have looked up and seen me I took two slow steps to get behind the wall the next staircase where Pickering was already hiding he looked like he was trying not to cry I thought about them stone kids outside what they held in tiny hands I tried not to cry as we heard the stumbling of another door opening downstairs we huddled on the step towards trembling he appeared across the corner of the staircase to make sure that the old thing was not coming up the stairs sideways another one was down there I saw it shivering around the door like a jerk chicken. All the air leaked out of me before I could scream. One moment, one that one moved quicker than the first one. The help of two black sticks bent over the hump of her back. It was covered in a dusty black dress that swished over the floor. What we could see of the face through the veil was light pinched and skilky. Sickly white as grubs find a silverite bark. Then she f- made a whistling sound, but my my Now he moved too quick, I was sure that she would look up and then see me. I took two steps to hide, get behind the wall, the next staircase, where Pickering was hiding. It looks like he's trying not to cry. I thought about it, those stone kids outside. They held in their hands, I tried not to cry too. Then we heard the sound of another door opening downstairs. We huddled up to step together, trembling. We peered around the corner of the staircase to make sure that the old, old thing wasn't coming up the stairs sideways. 
But another way he was down there. I saw it scratching along, along bound by the door, like a chicken, and all the air leaked out of me before it. I could. I could scream. Then one moved quicker than the first one was the help of two black sticks. Bent over the hump of her back, it was covered in a dusty black dress that swished over the floor. What I could see at the face, though, It moved quicker than the first one that moved help from two black sticks bent over the lump of her back it was covered a dusty black dress that swished over the floor. I could see the face through the well was all pinched and sickly white as grubs you might find under wet bark. Then she made a whisting sound. It hurt my ears deep inside and made my bones feel cold. Pickering face as well with fear. It was like there's no bud left inside his voice I could see. I was not seeing much, too much of his eyes. It was, if the old lady said, my voice all broken, I grabbed in his arm. We have got to get out. Maybe there's a window or another door back around the back, which it was meant we go up the stairs, run through the building, and find another way out to the ground. Before, before breaking out our way out, I took another peek down the stairs to see what they were, do, they were doing. You wished I hadn't. There were two of them. A man with legs that like sticks, looking up with a face that never changed because you know lips or eyelids to nose. He swore well a crease suit and a gold watch chain on a waistcoat and was standing behind a wicker chair. In the chair was a bundle wrapped in tartan blankets. Peering above the coverings was a small head inside a curved lap. A face was yellow and a corn and tin. The two other t- the first two were standing on the door. I always thought they couldn't get through the front. We could get through it running up, running up the knees into hottest darkness. My saggy, my body, whole body felt baggy and clumsy, and my knees chipped together. Pickering went first with a torch and showed his elbows so I couldn't overtake him. I bumped into his back and kicked his heels inside his breath, first breathing. I could hear him sniffing at tears. Is it, is it they coming, he went, he kept asking. I didn't have the breath to answer and kept running through the long corridor between dozens of closed rooms, doors to get to the end. I just looked straight ahead and knew if I could freeze if one of the doors opened. With our feet making a, over a bumping over the floorboards, I couldn't say that I was stupid, which I heard a click of lock behind us. We both made a big mistake of looking back. At first we thought he was waving at us, but then we realised a skinny lady in a dirty nightdress was moving along arms for the air attraction that attracted attention of the others, and they followed us up the stairwell. We could hear the scuffle switch as they came, the dark between us. They had could but they could see us, I thought, with all their rusty bandages around their heads. Then he has, then we heard another of those horrible families. At first we thought they'd be waving at us, then we realised a skinny lady in the dark dirty nightdress was moving along arms for the air attraction and the attention of the others. 
I followed up the stairwell. We could hear the scuffle, which wish they came through the dark between us. And how could you see us? I thought with those rusty bandages around her head. Then we heard another of those horrible whistles, followed by more doors opening real quick. Then, like other like things, were in a hurry to get out of the rooms. At the end of the corridor, there was another stairway with light, more light in it, which fell upon a high window three floors up. But the glass might not might have been green, dirty greenish, because everything around us in the, sta- on the stairs. Rusty bandages on her, around her head, but then we heard another those horrible whistles, followed by more doors opening real quick, like them things in a hurry to get out of the rooms. At the end of the corridor was another stairway that with light in it, which fell a high from a high window, three floors up. But the glass might have been dirty and greenish, because everything around on the stairs looked like it was underwater. When we turned to bolt the stairs, I saw that Pickering's face was all shiny with tears. I found his trousers had a dark patch spreading around one leg. It was real hard to get down to the ground. It was like we had no strength left in our bodies, as our fear was draining through the slappy, tipping soles of our feet. But it was more than terror slowing us down. The air was so thin and dry and hard to get our breath in and out of our lungs fast enough. My skirt was struck by back, my back. I was dripping under the arms. Pickering's hair was wet, and we almost moved, stopped moving, so I overtook him. At the bottom of the stairs, I ran into the long, now empty corridor, the closed doors, a greenish light, and ran along the back of the building. Just looking all, all the way down, it made me bend over my hands and my knees to rest. But Pickering just ploughed right into me behind and knocked me over. I ran across my body and stamped on my hand. They're coming, he whined in a terrible voice, and stumbled off down the passage. When I got back to my feet, I followed him, which never felt like a good idea to me, because it was if those things were waiting in the hall by the front door, well, while others were coming to up fast behind them, we got ourselves trapped. I, I even thought about opening the door of a ground-floor room, and trying and trying to kick at the balls of the window. Plenty of them old things seemed to come out of the rooms. We ran past them. We all took waking them up. They never came out of every room. So maybe we would have a take a chance at one of the doors. I cried out for a pick to stop. He was wheezing like. Billy Skid at school, who got asthma, so maybe Pickering never heard me, because he kept on running. As I was wondering which door to pick, a little voice said, Do you want to hide in here? I jumped in the air and cried out, I trod on a snake and stared at the voice that came from. There was a crack inside a door and a door frame, and part of a little girl's voice was peering out. She smiled and opened the door wider. Don't you, don't, they don't see you. We can play with my dolls. She really white face inside a black bonnet all covered with ribbons the rims of her eyes were red like she'd been crying for a long time my chest was hurting and my eyes were stinging with sweat pickering was far too far ahead for me to catch up 
I could hear his feet banging away and loose footballs way off in the darkness. I didn't think I could ro- run my way further. So I nodded to the girl. She stood aside and opened the door wider. A bottom of her black dress swept through the dust. Quickly, she said, with an excited smile. I looked down the corridor to see anything was coming. Most of them are blind, blind, but they can hear things. I moved through the doorway, brushed part of her, past her, and smelt something gone bad. It's a picture of my head in a dead cat, squashed flat in the woods. I found one day at one oh on a hot day, but other than the smell was something like the bottom of my granny's old wardrobe, with some with one broken door, one little iron keys in the locks that don't work. Softly the little girl closed the door behind us and walked off across the wooden floor and ahead held I, just like like a little madam my dad would have said. Light was getting into his room and came red and green windows up near the high ceiling. Two big chains were hanging down, holding lights with no bulbs. There was a stage at one end with a heavy green curtain that pulled across the front. Footlight struck up in the foot of the stage. It might have been a bull one once, looking for a way out behind me, aside but ahead. Anywhere, I followed the little girl in the black bonnet to the stage, went up the stairs at, at the side. She disappeared through the curtains without making a sound, and I followed because I could, I, I could think of nowhere else to go. I wanted a friend. But the long curtain smelled so bad around my face, I could not. I put a hand over my mouth. She asked me for my name, where I lived. I told her like I was talking to a teacher who just caught me doing something wrong. I even gave her my house number. We didn't mean to trespass, I said. We've never stolen nothing. She cocked her head up one side and frowned like she was trying to remember something. Then she smiled and said, All these are mine. I found them. She drew my attention to dolls and floor. Little shapes of people I couldn't see properly in the dark. She ran down among them and started to pick them up one at a time to show me. But he was too nervous to pay much attention and didn't look like the look of a cloth animal with its fur worn to the grubby material. He stitched him up my eyes and my no nose. The arms and legs were too long for his body too. He didn't like the way the dirty head was stiff and upright like he was watching me. Behind us, the distance of the stage was in darkness. The only flow, flow, faint glow of white light wall in the distance, peering from the stage at the boarded up windows around the edge of the two big but hard-boiled sheets. Nailed over the patio doors, there was a draft coming in for the grapes, too. Must have been a place where someone got in before. I had to. I have got to go, I said to the girl behind me, who was whispering to her toys. I was about to step through the curtains and head for daylight when I heard a rustling in the crowd in the corridor, and me and Pickering had just run through, feet shuffling, canes tapping, wheels squeaking, two hooting sounds. It all seemed to go on for ages, a long parade I didn't want to see. As the crowd rushed past the room, a main door clicked open, and something glided inside. I pulled back from the curtains and held my breath, but with a, a small girl kept mumbling to nasty toys. I wanted to cover my ears, a crazy part of me wanted it all to end, wanted me to step out from behind the curtains and offer myself to a tall figure behind there on the dance floor, holding the tatty p- 
parasol over its head. It spun around quickly like it was moving on tiny silent wheels on its long, musty skirts while sniffing in the air for me under the white net attached to the brim and rotten hat that was tucked in the high collars of the dress. I saw a bit of face. It looked like the skin of a rice pudding. I would have screamed, but there was no air inside me. I looked over to where the little girl was sitting. She had gone, but something was moving on the floor, squirming. I blinked my eyes fast, and for a moment it looked like all of her toys were trembling. But when I squinted the golly, the bits of curly white hairs on its head, a doll lay perfectly still where she had dropped. The little girl had hidden me, but I was glad that she had was gone. Way off in the stifled distance of that big house, I heard a scream, a cry full of panic and terror, a woe in the whole world. The figure, the umbrella, stood, spun around on the dance floor, and then rushed out of the ballroom towards the sound. I slipped from behind the curtain. A busy, chattering sound came from the distance. It got louder until it echoed through the corridor and ballroom and around it. Almost covered sounds the wailing boy. His cries were swirling around and around, bouncing of walls and closed doors, like he's running far off inside the house in a circle he couldn't get out of. I crept down the stairs at the edge of the stage. I ran to the long strip at burning sunlight I could see shining through one side the patio doors. I pulled at a big rectangle of wood until it splintered and revealed broken glass in a door frame and lots of split glass outside. For the first time since I had seen an old woman scratching about the front entrance, I believed, truly believed I could escape. I imagined myself climbing for the gap that I was making and running down the hill to the gate while they were all busy inside with a growing boy. But whilst, just as I was breathing, went all quick and shaky, glee to escape, I heard a whoop sound on the floor behind me like something had dropped to the floor. I stay, teeny vibrations tickled the sole of my head. Pete, I heard something come across the floor towards me, with a shovel like a body, shuffle like a body was dragging itself real quick. I couldn't bear to look behind me and see another one close up, so I snatched at the ball and pulled it with all my strength at her, and bit not not another nail down. The whole thing bent and gave a grasp sideways and squeezed the leg, arm and shoulder out. My friend's head was suddenly bathed in warm sunshine of fresh air. One of them must have reached out far right then. I grabbed my left arm and took it under the shoulder at the moment. I had to make it an outside. The fingers and thumbs are so cold. They burned my skin. And through my, fa- and through my face was in daylight. Everything went dark in my eyes. Except the little white flashes you get whenever you stand, stand up late. I slipped out behind the curtains. A big, busy chattering around sound came from the distance. It got louder until it echoed through the corridor and ballroom. Almost covered the sounds of the whirling boy. His eyes, his eyes, cries were whirling, swirling around and around, bouncing off walls and closed doors like he was far off inside the house. A circle we couldn't get out of. I crept down the stairs in the side of the stage and ran into a long strip of burning sunlight. I could see shining one side of the patio doors. I pulled a big red ring of wood 
until it's splintered and revealed vocal glass in a floral frame and lots of thick grass inside. First time, time since I've seen an old woman scratching from the front entrance, I truly believed it, that I could escape. I imagined myself climbing through the gap that I was making by running down the hill to the gate while they were all way busy inside with a creepy boy, crying boy. But as my breathing went qu- all quick and shaky within the glee of which I heard a whomp sound on the floor behind me. Like something had been just dropped to the floor to stay teeny tiny. Abrations tickled in my feet. Then I st- heard something coming across the floor towards me with a shuffle like a boy was dragging, dragging itself too quick. I couldn't bear to look behind me and see another one close up. I snatched the board and pulled with almost strength at a bit of ne- not nailed up again. The whole thing bent and made a gap sideways. I squeezed the leg, arm, hip and shoulder out. My head was suddenly bathed in warm sunlight of fresh air. One of them must have reached my out right then. I grabbed my left arm under the shoulder. A moment I made it outside. The fingers and limbs were so cold they turned, burned my skin. Even though my face was inside it, everything went dark in my eye. I looked out there where the little girl was sitting she had gone, but something was moving the floor, squirming. I blinked my eyes. Fast for the moment, I looked like her toys were trembling. Then I squinted and golly, the bits of curly white hair. His head, a doll, lay perfectly still where she dropped. The little girl may have hidden me, but I was glad she had gone. Way off in the stifling distance of the big house, I heard a scream, a cry full of panic and terror, a woe in the whole world. The figure was an umbrella spun around the dance floor and rushed out on the ballroom towards the sound. I slipped from beneath, behind the curtains. A busy cluttering around sound came from the distance. It got louder until it echoed through the corridor. A ballroom that almost covered the sounds of a wailing boy. His cries were swirling round and round, bouncing off walls and closed doors, like he was running far off inside the house in a circle he would never get out of. I crept under the stairs at the stage, side the stage and ran to the long strip of burning sunlight. I could see shining through one side of the patio doors. I pulled at the big right triangle of wood until it splintered and revealed broken glass in a door frame and lots of thick glass outside. But that's the first time since I've seen the old lady woman scratching about the front entrance, I truly believed I could escape. I imagined myself climbing through the gap which I was making, running down the great to the gate while they were all busy inside with a crying boy. As my breathing went all quick and shaky with glee of escape, I heard a well whoop sound on the floor behind me. I something had just dropped to the floor for some stay. Teeny vibrations tickled the soles of my feet. Then I heard something coming across the floor towards me with a shuffle like a boy was dragging itself real quick. Like a body was dragging itself real quick. 
We couldn't bear to look behind and see another one close up, so I snatched at the board and pulled with all my strength at the bit not nailed up down. The whole thing bent and made a step crap. Sideways, I squeezed the leg, tight arm, the shoulder. My head was suddenly bathed in warm sunlight and fresh air. One of these had they must have reached out, out right then. I grabbed my left arm under the shoulder at the moment. It made, I, I made it outside. The fingers of the thumb were so cold, they burned my skin. Even even though through my face was in daylight, everything went black in my eyes, except the little white flashes that you get when you stand up too fast. I, started, I wanted to be sick, I wanted to pull away, but I wanted something, but he was still slow and heavy, full of spin, pins and needles. I let it go. I let go with the headboard straight, and it slapped shut like a mousetrap behind my head. I heard a sound like suddenly snapping. Something shrieked into my ear and made me go dead, dead fish for a week. Sitting down in the grass outside, I sticked down my jumper. Mucus and spits of spaghetti cubes looked like white and smelled real bad. I looked back at the place. I climbed through my bleary eyes, saw an arm that was mostly bone, struck through the woods and dying frame. I could see myself roll away and get on my knees on the grass that was flattened down. Moving around the outside the house, back to fall to front of the building, a path had taken me down to the gate. I wondered. I bashed. My left side of the shoulder and the hip stopped tingling. It was aching and cold and stiff. I found it hard to move. I wondered what it was that what broken bones felt like. My skin was wet and sweat too. I shivering and cold. I just wanted to lie down in the long grass. Twice I stopped to be sick. Once spit some out of a blurring sound, blurping sounds. Near the front of the house, I got down to my good side and I started to crawl real slow through the long grass and took down the hill, making sure that the path was on my left, so I couldn't get lost in the meadow. I took one last look back in the house, and we wish for never, forever that I never did. One side of the hot front door was open when we went in. I could see a crowd in the doorway, all busting in sunlight that fell on their raggedy clothes, and making a hooting sound of fighting over it something, a small shape that had looked dark and wet. It was all limp too, behind the thin snatching hands came apart piece by piece. Even room at the end of my bed, Nana Alice has closed her eyes, but she's not sleeping. She's just sitting quietly, blowing a dull hand, like a polishing. My room at the end of my bed, Alice and Nana's eyes were closed her eyes. She was not sleeping, she was just sitting quietly and rubbing her doll hand while she's polishing like she's polishing treasure. <laughs>